That's what I'm talking about. So remember what I said. Because I said it. Today we got a nice show that we go bring for you today. Myself, Tony, and partner Curtis Cadillac Coop on the show with us today. How you doing, Coop? Back again. Back again. I'm doing good on this Saturday afternoon. Yeah, we got a nice, beautiful day out here today, and um, we gonna get it started today. I hope the people enjoy our show. Uh, we gonna talk about a few topics today. You know about living in a foreign land. You know, and how is it is living in a foreign land, you know, meeting different people with life and, and marriage and a little bit about um, the U.S. and Europe, you know, the comparison, you know, as far as the lifestyle and, and coaching and also great moments in sports, you know, because we all got some great moments in sports and sports is a big thing in our lives. And then we'll close up today's with um with our topic what's going on right now, the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, you know, that just kicked underway on the weekend. And uh, we got a special guest. Was it Thursday night? Thursday night? Thursday night was switched it up this year, right? Thursday night it started? Um, Thursday night. Then Friday. Friday. And then today, uh, I think it comes on a little earlier today. Yeah. It starts a little earlier. Third like, round. So we got round. A, some, of the best, some of the best steals coming up today. today. Yeah. The, the good the good deal days are today now I'll probably see some trades and some some good deals in and um and we got a special guest today that'll be joining us we'll introduce him um in a little while and as soon as he joins the show we'll definitely be introducing him Tony, you hear me he's now in the show right now and um like i said we got a special guest today and um He's a, he's a special person um, to both Curtis Cooper and myself. He's responsible for actually bringing us over here to Germany. And, um, you know, he, he has a story of his own that we'd like to share with you as well. But before I introduce him, you know, you know, every hero, you know, needs their own little theme music. <laughs> <laughs> Good hey, afternoon, up, Coach. Jeremy. Okay, I can hear you. All right, let's get it going. We got, we got Coach Heidelberg on this show today, the famous Coach Heidelberg. He has a, definitely a, a good story for us. But before before we start off, Coach, why don't you tell everybody um, a little bit about yourself? You know, your, your experience in America and, and your journey. What brought you here to um, to Germany? 
Well, first of all, thanks a lot for having me on. I didn't know Curtis was going to be in there, so we got two from Toledo. That's cool. Um, you know, my journey is I, you know, bounced around. I was coaching a lot of different colleges. And, uh, you know, when you were there at Toledo, uh, Nick Saban, uh, I got hired at by Saban. You were there. And uh, uh, after Saban left, after that one year, I worked for Gary Pinkle, which wasn't a lot of fun because uh, I was a Saban guy. Pinkle's a good coach and all that. But he he had to retain all his coaches. So can, you can imagine what that's like. But but anyways, I ended up uh, meeting a, a mid-American a, a football official named Jack Winter at a, a Toledo Bowling Green game. And I was still single at the time. And he said, hey, man, you know, you may want to you may want to jump on this Hamburg deal in Germany and have a little fun. So that's that's how that happened. And went over there in 95 and got you. And, you know, it's kind of all strung together. Uh, then I went to Tennessee State. Uh, you know, Axel Gurner fired me after 95. <clears throat> Never outshined a master. So that was his team. And uh, so he brought me back in 97, and I really missed it. I was at Tennessee State. It was a great experience living in Nashville and coaching historic black college. And I uh, coached one kid that went to the NFL, Benny Anderson. But that's kind of the, the gist of it. Coach, what was your first ever coaching job? Uh, first Toledo ever. Whitmer High School. Toledo Whitmer, which was a real big high school at that time in Toledo, I was thrilled. I thought it was like going to a college because, you know, Whitmer at that time in the early 80s uh, had 3,000 students. Uh, I think okay. 3,500. You know, we played Cincinnati Molar that year I was there when they were like the real deal. You know, uh, Jerry Faust, I believe, was the head coach, and uh, they had a couple of others that were really I good. I definitely remember that name. And what was your first college? Uh, Heidelberg job? College. I went. Uh, I, I played. <laughs> you know, I played at Heidelberg, and then I went back there, um, and uh, you know, I, I, I coached there. I think for a couple of years, and then I got lucky. Uh, one of my uh, coaching friends went to Moorhead State, and he took me with him. So I went from Division Three to Moorhead State University in Kentucky. At that time, Moorhead was in the Ohio Valley Conference with Western Kentucky, Youngstown State, Akron. It was the real deal. Uh, right. It was tough, good yeah, it was great football, full scholarship. So I had a, you know, I was just real blessed, real fortunate. People were like, what's going on? You know, I was at Whitmer and Heidelberg and then Moorhead. And then, well, I ended up here in Germany. So I'm, you know, round and third heading home now in the coaching career. So uh, I'm forever thankful for you for in debt to you for bringing me here uh, specifically. Because now I live here, I have a family here, and I feel like if it wasn't for you, we would. Tony would have never crossed paths. So I yeah, think well, that, yeah. but you got to thank Danny, your uncle, because I was in Toledo and I ran and he said, man, you ought to, you ought to get a hold of my nephew. And I said, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I remember, you know, cause I recruited 
your school when I was at Tennessee State, but I won't go into the, the whole details about that. But uh, <laughs> you know, you were a real interest to me uh, because I recruited Walter Reese from Fort Wayne to Tennessee State, and I thought, you know, I had Fort Wayne, Toledo, and Detroit, and I thought, hey, that'd be cool to get somebody from Toledo. But a- anyway, that's for another another time. But, I mean, you're definitely responsible for, you know, um, helping a lot of guys, affecting a lot of people's lives and bringing a lot of people here. It's been for so many years, so not just Cooper and myself are very thankful, but I'm sure there's a lot of guys that are very thankful that, that you gave them the well, opportunity. I appreciate that, you know, and I, I really take a lot of pride in that. I think, you know, I they can talk about a lot of the American coaches that have been here and that are here. But I feel like I really made a lot of difference in German football. You know, I helped a lot of guys, Say it, not Americans. Say it. Also, Tell us how you. Well, you, you know, are I... responsible for the majority of the great players here. You are. I will say it for you. All right. Well, hey, you know, but uh, hey, you know, one thing I want to say about Tony, you know, I never forget this. I'm in Hamburg in 95. I think it was the end of April or early May, and uh, he he was friends with L.C. Cole that I coached with at Toledo, and I got a hold of Tony. Tony flew in on, I believe, game day against Munich and then returned to kick for a touchdown, and that's when Gurner <laughs> touched down Tony. So that was, like, the coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think about, you know, how you were then um, and, and how you are now and how things have changed. Um, what what kind of coach, you know, maybe that some guys can get an idea who you think you um, were uh, and then maybe what kind of coach who you think you are now. And what I mean by that is, um, like, for my example, I, I would always compare you to a Belichick. You know, years ago, it was the Heidelberg way. And then later, as, as, as time went on, you think how things changed. I will compare you more to a coach that's in Tampa Bay now, more laid back and, and cool. But how, how would you compare yourself to um, you as a coach or composed coach that you would maybe compare yourself to? Well, I don't know. You know, <clears throat> I just always try to be myself. Early on, I probably made mistakes because I tried to be a lot like Saban. Because, you know, you're used to coaching college, and it was like my first head coaching job in 95, and that didn't fly with those Germans up there in Hamburg. You know, it was like, I think they liked me in the sense, you know, the intensity and all that, but, uh, you know, it was just, it was just different. And, um, you know, I I think you grow into the job, and uh, you just have to be yourself. I think I'm still intense. I'm passionate. I just love coaching offensive line. Uh, you know, I'm still old school in the sense of effort. Effort's everything. You know, if a guy's not giving a lot of effort, he can't play. And I don't care how talented he is. So, yeah, I put a premium on effort and, um, you know, a guy just being coachable and having a good attitude. So, you know, I'm still, you know, like that. But in the sense of, uh, you know, it's not life or death anymore, you know, um, the problem was, and you know, when we were together in Hamburg and Cologne, I mean, you were expected to win German Bowls, you know, so there's a lot of pressure. You put a lot of pressure on yourself. And I've never done a good job, Tony, and you know this from Dusseldorf and that. You take a job 
and you don't have any help, you don't have any coaches, I'm not very good at that because I'm too stressed out. I'm too emotional because I want it done right because I'll have, I'll get some coach come up and ask me a question during a drill, like uh, should I throw the balls to the wide receivers or something? And naturally my reaction is not very good. So, you know, and then you get labeled like, you know, you're, you're just a hothead. But I, I do do better when I'm working with the staff and and that's more. Yeah, I mean, it makes it it makes it a lot easier. It's like a family, you know, families, you know, a lot easier or better when you got both parents working. And that's what I kind of compare a staff to is, you know, the parents, you know, when they're all on the same page and working together. Yeah, exactly. it, it trickles down. Yeah. And, you know, I just won't ever take any more jobs like that ever. You know, if they say, oh, well, you know, you're the head coach and, you know, and then you got two assistants and you don't know if they show up. And so that's the downfall in Germany, as I mentioned in another previous uh, podcast is, you know, coaching so important. I mean, they're getting it wrong here. They're going out, getting talent, they're getting players, but they're not getting coached. And, um, you know, I just. I think, you know, having a staff and, and starting with coaches first and evaluating your talent and having a plan and building a program is more, more enticing to me than just collecting talent and going, okay, let's try to go to the German ball. Yeah. How, how would you compare, not so much compare, um, but just a little bit of differences between coaching in the U.S. and coaching here in Europe? Well, you know, obviously it's cultural, you know, the biggest thing is looking back was, you know, the German guys didn't have YouTube, they didn't have the internet, so it was all playbook mentality, so you'd come here and right away they wanted your playbook, and I would always tell them, look, you know, we don't give out playbooks, we make you write it down in meetings, uh, because guys wanted to memorize a game. You learn football. You don't memorize it. And I don't want a bunch of robots. So that was the biggest um, difference, you know, for me. And then you just, you know, you couldn't really compare apples to oranges because when you're at the University of Toledo, you you know, the meetings, I mean, it's just totally different. You come over here and you're lucky to get all your guys at practice. So you have to adapt and adjust and, you know, you do things on the fly a lot of times. So it's just totally different. You know that it's just, uh, I know you become a better coach because you become more flexible. Like, you you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta know everything about everything. Yeah. Meetings were a big thing. And I know you were a big fan of meetings. Um, Yeah. We met for breakfast, lunch and dinner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just preparation. (laughs) Preparation is a separation. Yep. Exactly. Um, and then being here in, in Europe, what were some of your maybe um, best experiences or good experiences um, that you've had with maybe some different teams or different players that you can recall? Well, of? You know, obviously, in 95, we went to the German Bowl. And we lost uh, my first year. We we're fourth place, you know, so that doesn't happen often. You go from fourth to the German Bowl. We lost to a good uh, Astros Creighton Dusseldorf team. Um, and then, you know, the German Bowl in 2000 that you and I talked about the other day was was unbelievable. We beat Brunswick four times. Our team was going bankrupt. Um, we ran out of money, I think, in June, was it, or something? I, I forget. 
but we stayed with them, you know, yeah. and uh, we beat Braunschweig three times there. And then, um, you know, we were fortunate to beat them in the German Bowl. But, man, what a great group of guys. And that was kind of the, you know, uh, the the craziest thing was we knew it was only going to last that year. You know, we had John Horton, a great wide receiver, and Roy Shilderinsky, you know, Bernard Hippler and Oliver Block and Javon Leonard was a D.C., did a great job. And so Mike Davis. Yeah, was Michael Jordan, we knew that was going to be the end of it and just said, let's make the best out of it. Yeah, it's too bad we didn't have reality TV back then because there was some bizarre stuff. I mean, it was... <laughs> but you <also laughs> won the German Bowl with myself and with Curtis Cooper up in Hamburg. Yeah, then 2003, you know, it follows me. We go to Hamburg. Yep. And it about the same crap happens. You know, I had Dave Likens up there as a DC and we just hung in there. What a great group of guys, and Curtis did a fantastic job. Zach Witt, and you know we had yeah Walter, Walter Reese and Mariko Gregerson and Max and my offensive line. You know, just that was a great that was a great game too. You know, the Germ Bowl and uh, Flo Danielle kicking the extra point to win, and uh, Nami catching uh, the last pass. So that was the most exciting German Bowl I think of all time. 2003. Yeah, I remember being there myself watching it, watching you guys. I think that was in uh, Wolfsburg in yeah. Germany. Yep. Wolfsburg, yep. Was it an overtime game? Yep. or? Yep. For sure. And then, you know, they yeah. brought in Darius Southall the next year. And, you know, it was too bad because, you know, we, we lost some pieces and Darius brought a different, um, you know, a different style, more drop back. And uh, we had a really good season. I think uh, Curtis got injured too. So, but it was unfortunate in 04. Mm. But we had some really good, uh, really, really good games. And yeah, I was we pretty much had the same team in 04, just Darius. It was yeah, we lost the couple, same team. I think we lost a couple uh, O line guys. Uh, I'm not sure if Rosick played in 04. But yeah, that's right. That's he, right. That's right. He that was, was a big was injury. A big, big. So, but you know, the the other guys just always stepped up, and um, and and um, so yeah, that's kind of where that that went. Oh four. I'd like to forget about that last game. So, but oh three was a great was a great uh, season. And then oh five, you know, I went down to Sarland, took Tony and David Drain. They did a great job, and they've only been to the playoffs twice it was the first time they'd ever gone is with us so i got some good memories you know and uh, always tough times but we've always endured you know and thinking about old old uh times or old memorable um events or sports do you have any one that sticks out in your mind um not not with uh, german football but just any sports event maybe as a child or as an adult they kind of still stick with you to this day. I don't know. You know, I got a lot of great memories, you know, even at, uh, you know, coaching when Nick Saban was a big deal because I knew he was going to go places, you know, and that was an honor to to work for him. And that was real tough. Um, but, you know, it just, no, I, I don't have like that one, you know, a lot of my memories are, of course, in Germany too, because I got to be a head coach. Um you know, and just dealing with characters and, you know, I mean, it's a different, 
it's a different deal over here coaching too. You know, I mean, you got to, especially our, our Cologne guys were, were a lot of fun too. You know, I always kid, Ollie Block, you remember him, the, he always would remind me, you know, I would every game get after him and just about want to kick him off the team because he would do something stupid like hit a guy out of bounds or something. And I one game I fired him. I said, hey, you're done. Get out of here. And then uh, at the end of the game, I'm like, okay, just see me in the office on Monday and everything was good. You know? So – he always laughs. Like, coach, am I fired <laughs> again? So, but uh, then, you know, Roy Shulerinsky was great, too. Yeah, but, I mean, that's what I loved about you. You, know, you brought the emotion to the game. Sometimes I really miss that. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes um, it wasn't but, always the best. But, um, you know, it, it's just the pressure that you want to win. You know, and Javon Leonard did a, did a great job that year, John Light and – we had what Ward Love and Eni, and before that John Rosenberg. So we had a bunch of coaches, and it was just great in 2000 also to get that done because the Crocodiles had never won a German Bowl. They had been there what four or five times, and for Michael to get finally get a German Bowl was big. And then it was the same drill, you know. The following year we had to, you know, dismantle the team and. Um, you know, it, it, we got back to reality then in 01. But, you know, the yeah. league was different. You know, we had some great players in that league. Like I said, Usher's Creighton, John Horton, Calvin Arrington. Uh, there was some really good, good German players, too. Good off. I always felt like Hamburg and Cologne, we had the best O line. Now, Ken Anderson may say something different about Braunschweig, but, you know, you look at our line. Um, <laughs> In Cologne, we, you know, Alex Frisch and Hollywood and Fager, they're really, really uh, some good players. And then Hamburg, Hamburg, uh, uh, you know, Tony Sucker and Ralph and those guys, they were great too. Right. And you we know, you had that before. Earlier, and when I first came, coach, I feel like the league had six or seven players on every team that fairly solid at, at something, whatever, you know, whatever position they play, they, they were all right. And they weren't switching every year to go to a different yeah, team. Right. Well, you know, you look at the tight end position. I mean, we could run a lot of tight end sets with Bernard Hippler and uh, Roy and Carson Sabrala. We had three tight ends, man. So, you know, we always played to our strength. You know, I know, you know, Michael was a great elusive quarterback, but we weren't able sit there Michael Davis. and uh you know throw it 30 times a game you know so you know we played to our strength but you know one thing I want to say about Tony what Tony brought to the game too was he was the most versatile player that's ever played in German football because he did it all played quarterback wide receiver yeah. DB in 2000 people don't a lot of people probably don't even know this or remember you play. You had to play DB because I brought John Horton over, and you know you're a great team guy. And man, the first game against Hamburg, he has two picks, and uh, so you know that's how you're going to win. You're going to win by versatile guys. Yep. And even David Drain, Drain was a wide receiver, played quarterback. So I just felt like, you know, to me, my recipe's always been, you know, I want play another position. 
and uh, Tony was able to do that. So just hats off on that. And you know, you look. Thanks a lot. To you know, our team though, you know, all the guys were really say interchangeable. It gave us a lot of comp, you know combinations. Yeah, no question. You know, and you look at you know what Creighton did later on in his career. He went from you know running back to wide receiver. So that's that's how you're going to win, man. It's you got to be out there playing chess. Everybody else has got checkers going because you know, you're going to win when you have more <laughs> options. And um, that's what we did. And I always, you know, you know, I always like my running back to be a running back. I didn't want him to be a slash, you know, um, inside receiver or something like that. But, you know, if you got a solid game. But I could. But I could. Yeah, yeah I mean, you could have easily <laughs> gone and played, you know, Percy Harvin or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, you just want your guy focusing yeah. on running the football and then let those other guys be able to play some different positions for you. And then Javon, so, you know, he was, he was coachable too. And uh, so that was, uh, it was some great, great memories and times have kind of changed from that too. The level. Great times. Great times then. And then, you know, just uh, a little bit on, I want to touch on some other things. You know, we talked about your football career, but now you're living here in Germany. You have a life here in Germany. You're married. Um, tell us a little bit about that and, and how did you actually meet your wife and then actually deciding to stay here in Germany? Well, yeah. Um, funny. Because if I can recall, if I can recall, you know, you at the beginning, you really weren't a big fan of Germany. And, you know, we all talked about how, you know, the things just, you know, made us go crazy. And then to hey, think about how we talked about so much how this this country not so much this country every you know every country has its pros and cons um, you know how much things made us go crazy and then you know, look at all three of us Ohio boys you know we're living here and all married to German women yeah. but tell me a little bit <laughs> well, that the culture, you know, I got to be honest with it you you know I you booked on me in '95 you remember '95 I had I had the Toledo Bowling Green <laughs> You had to call me at home and ask me where I was at. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the greatest stories. But I had Toledo. I had the University of Toledo and Bowling Green football team. I had Vince Palco, great linebacker, uh, Terry Wilson, Tony Moore, uh, Tommy Eitner, and I don't know if I'm forgetting anybody. But anyways, we got these guys. We All four of us or five of us have never been to Germany before. So you got all these guys, you know, we're all together. And that was a real hard time. And as nice as the, uh, the, the, the Blue Devils organization was, the practice facility was terrible. I mean, it, it, you might as well just, you know, uh, you know, practice out in a parking lot. It was ridiculous. I mean, remember the holes? And then they got us out. They put you guys in where the nuts lived. It was like a nut house uh, where those apartments were. So it was for crazy people. So Gurner found a way to get those for free. <laughs> but it was next to the airport. So we're practicing, and these planes are, like, flying over our head. And the weather was, like, the worst weather. I'll never forget in May. It didn't get higher than maybe – 35 40 degrees and i'm like i need to get on one of those planes but uh (laughs) my players did so all you guys left except palco 
then, uh, and then Tony came back because he missed it, but the weather got better. But I did come back. Yeah, and we went to the I, German I'll Bowl. I'll tell you, man, Hamburg, though, was a night. Once, you know, uh, I once I met a girl when I was there, and then, you know, you kind of get in a rhythm. They show you around. I just fell in love with Hamburg. It was a great city, and the guys were good. And, um, you know, so then it kind of grows on you. You know, and that's that's why I tell people. I'm like, hey, travel the world, see things. It grows on you. You go back to Toledo, Ohio, and you're like, not Hamburg, and uh, you know, then you're missing Germany. You're like, get me out of here. So that's, and then I met my wife in uh, in Cologne. So I met my wife in uh, 1998, or yeah, 98. We got married in 99, and the rest is kind of history. So uh, we did take a little break. I don't want to interrupt you. I don't want to interrupt you, but I want you to add this into your story. You're the only coach I know that got married. Then after his wedding, yeah, he well, came I'm, to practice. I'm stupid also. You're probably the, you're probably the dumbest person <laughs> you ever met. So my wife reminds me that uh, every every year that uh, married. But, you know, I told her, I said, hey, we had to beat Braunschweig. We had to play Braunschweig. So <laughs> it was that. But that was not too smart on my part. Um because at the end of the day, nobody – I mean, I love football and I – but at the end of the day, nobody – you know how it is in the GFL. Nobody really cares. I mean, they get rid of American coaches now. You're lucky. American coach stays at a, a team two years. They're very fortunate unless they're in uh, New York. You know what I mean? Great organization. But most of these teams, they just they get rid yeah. of guys. But anyways, back to that. Um, yeah, that wasn't real smart on my part. Yeah, and, and you also have a son now. He's uh he's also had some time to experience playing football in the states and, and growing up with the football dad. Yeah, was uh, how was that for yeah, him? Jason and Jason. I stayed in Savannah. Um, Coop knows where that is. Uh, we had a little townhouse there, um, 2017 and 18. Uh, he stayed with my cousins in 2016. So he, he, you know, he got to spend two years there, went to high school, graduated from Southview High School, played some football. He just loved it. I think he's missing it a lot right now because, of, you know, you, obviously your friends and all that. But, uh, you know, there was a lot to do. The high school experience is so great uh, for kids. And, I, you know, the Germans can get that experience, you know, from the prom to – to the game one thing with my son i really like he supported all the sports you know he'd be like hey i'm going to see the girls volleyball to you know the basketball team and and uh baseball so that was a cool thing it was a great experience it's a different experience that was something for us to do that was fun hey let's go everyone's going to the basketball game and you play football and you go cheer on the basketball team Basketball team goes cheers on. Yeah, and I football think he, you know he probably liked the girl volleyball That's team. Amazing. He probably wasn't bad. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> easy on the eyes. <laughs> and, you know, you cheer for them, and, and it was great. You know, it's great experience, and uh, goes fast. He realized that because it went. Like, we left. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of hard. I mean, I left in 2016 and June to go there with him, and I didn't know when I was getting back. 
you know, my wife let us go. And she's like, okay, it's cool for a year. We'll do this. We'll live through. And of course, my son wanted to graduate. So it was tough. You know, there was a couple times where I was gone four months, five months, you know, until I could get back. And uh, so, but anyway, it, it really worked out, but it was, it wasn't that easy, you know, like, okay, you move back to the States basically, you know, but he loved it. And, uh, Mm-hmm. He's got a. He's doing a great job right now working uh, the Durant Hotel, and he's getting some experience there. Well, I'm glad you was able to make that transition, and we get a chance to see how life is long, and things you know always happen what we never expect in life. Um, but I'd like to go on to our next topic. You know, what we want to talk about today is the NFL draft. The 2020 draft just started on Thursday, and it's going on right now. And as you being an offensive line specialist, there was a lot of offensive linemen taken, you know, uh, in the first round this year, seven. And I've never seen offensive linemen this year like I've seen in the draft drafts before. They were all like freak of natures, you know, big 300-pound guys, jumping out of swimming pools, dunking. Right. 5'2", 5'2", 40. Yep. Well, you know, with the college game is, you know, different than the NFL because of the spread. So they are getting guys that can move a little bit more because they're running more screens, uh, you know, wider splits. Yeah. Uh, they try to play in space more. Um, but the NFL, if uh, for the first time in its history, actually passed more than they ran last season. So, you know, they're they're looking for that agile, big offensive lineman that can move uh, in space and can block. And, and you know, of course, there's certain teams still going to run the ball and you got to be uh, strong enough to, uh, to, you know, to have a running game. The other, you know, the, the issue that I had with a lot of the high school and college kids is they're all doing shotgun. Now, I was the offensive coordinator of the Team USA U19, which was the best seniors in the country in 2012. We couldn't get a quarterback to go under the center. Steve Walsh, who played uh, for the Bears and at Miami U, um, he couldn't believe it. He's like, man, nobody goes under the center. And this is 2012. So, um, you know, even the linemen, you know, a lot of them are in a two-point stance. So it's a different game. You know, the NFL is going to be more outside zone, a little bit of power inside zone. And uh, so you got to have you got to have some physical guys also to compete against the guys that are going to be across from them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the first three guys in the draft this year, you know, uh, first of all, Joe Burrows, he's from Athens, Ohio, but played at Ohio State before he transferred to LSU. So I just want to say that's a big thing. Ohio football is big, but the first three picks, you know, we had Ohio State guys. Ohio State's been big in football. Um, do you think Ohio's still the biggest country in America in football, or would, would you say well, Florida or I would Texas? Say Georgia, actually. Georgia's got a lot of players. Um, following talking to a lot of those guys. Georgia, okay. Florida, you know, California's got their skill guys too. Ohio's still up there because there's really good football in Cincinnati and Cleveland. You know, Toledo's got a little bit, um, but, you know, um, it's not like it used to be. You know, when I was younger, Michigan recruited mostly Ohio, so it was kind of back and forth. But uh, Ohio still's got their guys, and that's a credit 
also to uh, good coaching in Florida. Obviously, I coached high school in Miami, Florida, Miami Palmetto, and the year this was in the late '80s. We had like eight or nine guys go Division One. So uh, Chris Merritt, that coach in the GFL here, was down in Miami at Columbus. So he had a ton of kids go Division One, actually get drafted too. So good football. You know, they got spring ball down there, better weather. Yeah, I remember years ago, Michigan did try to steal all our guys from Ohio. And two of my buddies I grew up with from Cleveland, Ohio, that played in Michigan, Desmond Howard and Elvis Gerbach. Um, but they were still a lot of Ohio oh, yeah. guys. From you know, it Michigan. starts with coaching, you know, and uh, and obviously it's online because, you know, you talk to coaches even that are interested in the German kids here because they're all, I mean, they're a premium right now. It's trying to find big offensive linemen and there's enough big German kids here it's just um, you know getting them coached up and getting them developed to go play in the states so we'll see there's some uh, you know there's some opportunities for them there but you know you're gonna always win up front so you got to have a great offensive line I don't care what team you're rooting for in the NFL it comes down to you you know it's a it's a grown man's league there so yeah, I mean, that's where it starts. That's the, you know, the motor, I say, the offensive line. And then, of course, you know, who can drive that motor is the quarterback then. Um, there's been a lot of quarterbacks also drafted this year, uh, big names. You know, we got Tua from Alabama. You know, he went to Miami. And um, we have Justin Herbert that played at Oregon. He went to the Chargers. And and the big and, – and Jalen Hurts has also played at Alabama, transferred to Oklahoma. He's now with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, that was a surprise pick. But then tell me what do you think about this pick here. Jordan Love played a Utah State quarterback, was picked by the Green Bay Packers. Now they have Aaron Rodgers. How do you think Aaron Rodgers is feeling about that? You know, or it could be deja vu because he was drafted to take well, you know, you know, over Brett Favre. This one I may know How a little bit about because a friend of mine used to be at Toledo. Uh, David Yost was the offensive coordinator, not this year, but last year at Utah State with Jordan Love. So I watched a lot of their games, and, you know, he's a really good quarterback, and he's pretty versatile, and he's mobile. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, you're not going <laughs> to beat out uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how old he is, but, I mean, he's got to be like, hey, he's got to have somebody back up. Um, Coop would know this. Well, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, is about 34, so he yeah. got a good four years left. Somebody, but, uh, Have you seen would know the, the Kaiser kid from Toledo? Uh, yeah. That was, yeah. He was in Green Bay for a minute, but uh, yeah. he wasn't, you know, he was never going to compete with Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think this kid will either. So, but, you know, how it is, it's always the if. If somebody gets injured, you better, you better have a guy that you can plug in there. It's the same with Seattle. Have you seen any of, the whole bit? Have you have you seen any of the kids' highlights? This love yeah. kid. I I watched some of his games uh, two years ago. Hey man, I'm, the the ball comes out. I mean, he he's yeah. got a cannon, and it looks. Last year they, they didn't have a great season, but two years ago, a friend of mine was the OC there, so I actually watched them. I actually caught four or five, six games on TV when I was back home. And, uh, 
Yeah, he's he's a nice quarterback. But how do you feel being Aaron Rodgers asking the organization for some help in the draft? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that really... part, yeah, he may not be uh, too thrilled about. But, you know, every team, it's the same. You know, I, I always like Seattle, too, because I like Pete Carroll. And that was a head scratcher. I mean, they need help at the D-line. Uh, they need help at O-line, and they, they take some outside linebacker, you know, and everybody's like – he was like seventh <laughs> on the board. Of, but, right. see, they're all looking for a certain profile also is the type of person they are, and that's kind of what I like with uh, Seattle is they're looking for guys that kind of fit their, their mold uh, of a person and player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes a big difference, you know. If a guy's going to be a good guy, coachable in the locker room, no stress, right. no stress, right. no, no trouble. You know, they, they don't have time for that stuff. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's all about chemistry too. And um, you know, the team's got to have the right chemistry. And it's a tough league, man. It's a tough, it's a tough deal too. You know, the NFL. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna bring their ninety guys into camp, and you know, by September first. 37 guys are going to get cut. So there's 32 teams. So do the math. So over 900 guys will be out of a job. So there's no guarantees. Yeah, definitely with football, there's no guarantees. Um, doesn't matter if you play 20 years for one team like Tom Brady or or, or anything like that. Yeah, there's no guarantees. And that's it, man. And, and that's, uh, that's when everybody gets into reality. So but it's going to hopefully with this virus and all that, that we can get back to football and, and hopefully by the fall, there is football. Yep. Yeah. Well, I hope everything does at some point get back to normal. Um, talking about that. Um, but the main thing is like, you know, we just try to stay positive on that and, and right. maybe get back to a normal life. Um but is there anything else you want to say in last words to, to, uh, I just, to everyone? Thanks, you know, thanks for having me so, on and um, could go on forever. Some great memories. And uh, I was very fortunate to coach you guys and a bunch of other guys. And, uh, you know, it'd be great to get some coaches over here. It'd be great to see guys like Elsie Anderson, um, get some guys back here, Ken Anderson. I'd love to see these guys come back to Germany and coach. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun to compete against them or with them. Yeah, that's true. And Coop, you got anything you want to tell the people before we leave out? No, I just want to say enjoy the rest of your weekend, Coach. Uh, again, like I said earlier, not to get too sentimental, but I thank you again for everything you've done and for uh, I'll speak for everyone that, that if they thank you for uh, if stay just giving them that experience of Europe because you know not everyone can visit and see so many different places so I thank yeah. you again and uh, I will be watching the draft yeah, and make sure hey you reach out to uh, Trey Butler uh, Darius Outlaw Daryl Daniels tell all those guys I said hi will do your little Berlin uh, connection will do <laughs> will do no problem sounds good man and tony uh your boy yeah, uh, i want to Williams, thank you i know thank he, you he's a big fan of you and um so you know and uh 
say hi to him, him and uh, guys down in yeah. Munich. I'm trying to think if I remember anybody from Munich, but Axel Ader. Axel Ader's down there. I know him. And, uh, yeah, yeah, all the best to you, yeah. man, and stay healthy. And um, thanks again for having me. Uh, thank you for coming. Um, thank you for being a part of this and giving Coop and myself a chance to, to speak with you and, and also giving the people a chance to hear your story. And um, if, if anyone has any questions or comments for Coach Heidelberg or anything about the show, you can always write on Facebook, Antonio Tony Moore, or on Instagram, Antonio underscore Tony underscore Moore. And we'll be happy to answer any questions or even other Sounds topics good, that you Tony. would like to hear. But everyone, be safe. enjoy yourself. Until next time, more of a kind. Thank you. Thank you for coming. See you next time. time.